It's time for the Manufacturing Austin Podcast, sponsored by Texas Mutual. Welcome. My name is Ed Latson. I'm the Executive Director for ARMA, and this is the Manufacturing Austin Podcast. Today, our, our guest is Randy Myers, Senior Vice President with Luminex, a manufacturer and developer of biological technologies in support of the life science industries. Randy, um, it's great to have you here. You know, uh, I know you've been busy making COVID tests. Um, what's it been like this past seven months? We went from a, uh, a very minor portion of our portfolio dedicated to this kind of a test uh, for this particular virus, obviously, and we have quadrupled our output in the last nine months. And that's been everything from the supply chain to people, uh, automation, plastics molding. Uh, when they say it takes a village, it really does. And we have added space, people, equipment, and supply chain at a rate that's just unheard of in that amount of time, especially in an FDA-regulated environment. So very proud of the team. And um, one of the things that uh, is always frustrating for us is we're going as absolutely fast as we can, and it's just not fast enough. So uh, I've, I've kind of utilized the phrase lately uh, with folks, it's, it's not the race you run, it's the race you're in. And this is a race that we just need to run as fast as we can. What are you paying attention to daily? It's interesting. I, I'm not a person who has this huge wall of metrics outside my office. Uh, I tend to rely on my leaders to execute to the best of their ability everywhere they are. So we're in Seattle, Madison, Wisconsin, Toronto, Chicago, here, and um, I can't be in every single spot. So I depend on that leadership. But my job is to remove every barrier that they have. And so knitting all this together across the corporation is, is my challenge and my leader's challenge. And we do a lot of porpoising. You got to come up and see the surface and look around, but then you got to dive deep to make changes happen. Um, just example of Friday, we had a, a plastics company that three levels deep in the supply chain said, oops, we put in 3% of a different resin. Well, that spins everybody in understanding impacts, what it does do, and all of our leaders come together to make that happen. And, and when I say all, I want to make sure I, I express that it's not just manufacturing. Um, my peer and good friend, Chuck Collins, who's the senior vice president of R&D, he and I work incredibly close together. Our field service teams, um, we don't recognize those organizational boundaries when it comes to this kind of scaling effort. Yeah, and that uh, kind of brings to mind, you know, I, I was lucky enough to know you when you started at Luminex. And one of the things I really remember you tackling early on was uh, the communication within the organization, making sure your team got out of the office, built relationships with uh, people in other organizations within the company, and um, really made that effort. Do you think that's foundational for the success of a manufacturing operation? It's the difference between being a manufacturing operation and being an operations organization. In operations, we touch everything. It's not just about what we made on the line today, what went into a box. It's about the quality of the product, how it fits in the portfolio, what customer needs are, 
we are responsible for design transfer and scaling of products as it comes in from R&D. Our marketing team, as they go into new markets, they need to understand how we can support that. Uh, field service, obviously, well integrated with those teams. So our ability to engage and be seamless in all topics is really the difference between being a manufacturing group and an operations group. And I do think that's, that's foundational. If you draw the Venn diagram of a company, operations sits right in the middle and everything touches it at some point or another. It also lets our people move. I mean, if they want to grow their careers, they can move into ancillary spaces because they are familiar with it as opposed to, hey, look, dude, I just make something each day. Mm -hmm. So uh, it's really important, super important. You know, there's a lot of talk in the manufacturing space about uh, automation, digitization. How are you using these tools? I think people can get in love with those tools a little too quick. Mm -hmm. I'm going to be honest. So we have multiple product lines that we um, build every day on automated equipment. Um, we just landed another $1.9 million piece of equipment literally Friday night and in the back door. And it's went into the clean room Saturday morning and the, the source is here today setting it up. So certainly where it is appropriate and applicable, it's about can I um, drive consistency of execution and volume of execution with automation. But there are a lot of things that don't lend itself to automation. The electromechanical box build of all of our instruments, we have a lot of chemistry formulations and, and those types of things that just require really smart people doing their job and helping them to do it consistently every day. So where automation is appropriate, go for it. Where it's not, don't try and force fit it. And that's kind of where we've landed. You've been in a wide variety of environments uh, in your career that had a high level of oversight, including semiconductor equipment. But now you're in a facility that's, that's FDA regulated. What's that like in comparison to other places you've been? Uh, before semiconductors, I was actually in aircraft engines for 10 years. And so I had the FAA and then uh, a whole lot of folks in the SEC talking about what to do in semiconductors and now the FDA on this molecular uh, diagnostics and, and devices. Um, back when I was in aircraft engines and the FAA, you screwed up, people fell a long way. And so there was a lot of structure, a lot of testing, a lot of surety that was required because people could get hurt. The FDA is no different than that. Their job is to ensure the healthy, health and safety and efficacy of things that go into the general population. Now, this pandemic time has stressed the FDA beyond their imaginable limits. Um, things that would normally take years, people are trying to get it done in months. And with that always comes some error bar associated with that. I, I think a lot of our agencies have taken a black eye and perhaps uh, undeservedly. Um, you look at the first CDC test that came out that didn't work real well in the hands of people in Seattle or New York and, and had to change. When you move at this speed and things that cross an entire population, 
the the error bar gets very wide. And I think the FDA has done a, a pretty decent job of trying to deal with that. You know, uh, just to close, you're overseeing this, this large operation, uh, mission critical products. You know, what keeps you up at night, Randy? So uh, several things. Um, uh, used to, as I tell people, I used to be six foot four and good looking, and this is all that's left. But um, one is we are an organization about 550 people strong across five different sites, and it's keeping my people here every day um, for a variety of reasons. Uh, we have been lucky in that over the course of the last nine months, we've had very few corona positives and none inter-office transmissions. So uh, we, we mask up, we, we try to maintain distance where appropriate and possible, um, but you always worry about that call that says, Johnny, Susie, Billy, Bobby, Sally are all out today. Um, and I have not gotten that. So that certainly keeps me up. There's also the, uh, always the challenge of keeping your best. We talked about um, people um, not necessarily as invested, perhaps, as they used to be. And so, um, you know, when you have leadership change and people moving, then you've got to react to all that. And if you don't stay focused on keeping your leadership coffers full, um, then it really starts to unravel on you a little bit. That keeps me awake at night. Um, and then right now is our ability to scale to meet the demand. Uh, we've gone from uh, like 600,000 tests last year in our Aries product line to we will finish this year over 3 million. And that's all happened in nine months. So, and I'm scaling that again next year. So having all that happen and not break when you scale keeps me awake at night. So um, it, it's funny, it's product, it's people, it's the standard stuff. Uh, but when you move at the pace that we're moving at right now, things can get a little wonky and you just got to keep the car on the road. Yeah. And I think uh, maybe a, a closing thought is we can all wish that 2021, 2022 brings an easing of that demand on the COVID test and we can turn this corner. Um, but Randy, you know, I really appreciate your time today. It's been a great conversation. I'd also like to thank our sponsor, Texas Mutual, for making this possible. This is the Manufacturing Austin podcast, and we'll see you next time.